0: You're listening to the Collective Church podcast. To learn more about the Collective Church in Portland, Oregon, and Vancouver, Washington, visit us online at thecollectivechurch.com. Good
1: morning. We had a good, a good nine a.m. service, and um, good meaning, you know the. the when my kids ignore me and I'm talking, what, I, what do I say? I say, good talk, kids. Good talk, kids. And really, i actually found out that's actually super passive aggressive and I need to stop doing that. They'll say, good talk, and I walk out of the room. And that's just not good. Um, it's not good parenting. So I'm going to teach from my example this morning. Don't do that. Um, but we had a good talk. We had a good talk in the 9 a.m. And I'll tell you this, that, and if, and if you're new here, if this is your first time in the collective, or um, it's a family meeting this morning. And it's not super lighthearted and not super fun. Um, so if you're brand new, I, I think you, you'll still get something out of it. You'll still get something out of it. Because it's a. I think it's a principle that applies across the board. Um, you know, and you're like, well, what what happened? Did something happen? No, but I really believe that, um, in fact, this morning, I woke up and I just said, you ever like woken up and had like almost a spirit of intimidation? Like you just like woke up and you felt intimidated? Like there's just like and, and it's and it's it's it goes beyond something natural. Um and I just felt like intimidation. And I was like, okay, what is this? And I've learned in this culture that when we feel something, we don't necessarily take ownership of that something and go, well, I'm intimidated now because I felt intimidated. So I shake hands with that intimidation. Now that's what I'm going to operate in today. No, we just go, we, but, but, but we're curious, right? We're like, okay, why, why am I feeling this right now? And it's okay to be curious, by the way. It's okay just to not take authority over something right away, but go, okay, what's going on? Why do I feel intimidated here? Right. And so I text April, who um, heads our prayer ministry. And I love that we have a prayer team that when, I, when they say, we're praying for you, brother, they're actually praying for us. You know, it's not like, well, I'll be praying for you. I will, you know. Sometimes when people flippantly throw, I'll be praying for you, out like really too, like, too quickly, I'm like, Okay, thank you. Let's just do it right now, because then you don't have to be a liar, because I don't want to be a liar. We all don't want to be liars, right? And so um, so I said, I said, good morning, comma. Good, <laughs> it's important. I don't like, you know, complete sentences. I sensed a bit of a spirit of intimidation this morning. Can you all go after that in prayer today? Because we have a prayer team that comes in in the mornings and prays. Um, can you all go after that? Absolutely. Prayer hands. Prayer hands. <laughs> it's trying to be accurate. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <sighs> high five, self. High five, self. <laughs> um, interesting. Michelle woke up with worship with reckless abandon, the opposite of intimidation. It's David in the streets praise hands, praying for you. Then I said, ha, exclamation mark. That's the scripture I'm using today. That's actually the scripture I'm preaching from. So she texts me the very passage that I'm preaching from this morning. So I was like, and then I said, hashtag lucky. Um, <laughs> as a joke, because it's not luck. It's, God does this all the time. And she says, ha, ha, praise hands, praise hands. <laughs> Triple exclamation marks. She's yelling at me um, and so so what I want to talk about is it's it's I've said this since the collective started like we're not afraid of something external coming in and shutting us down like I'm not afraid of that we got, We got lots of love letters from you know from the county, and um, we we got one not too long ago that said that they want us to have a vaccine um They'd like us to have a a little counter out front before people walk in that we're, we're, we're going to check vaccines. So that starts next week. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. We will not do that in Jesus' name. It violates the very freedom God gave us in Jesus' name. That's demonic. But um, um so I'm, we're not afraid of that. Like, we're not afraid of that, right? That's, that's. And, and we've, we've taken, as you know, as all of, you know, we've taken a free market approach, whatever you feel like the Holy Spirit has led you to do. We honor that. You know, this is not, we're not an anti church. Hey, go to the collective. They're really against, you know, it's not our calling card, right? We're four people. We're four people being led by the Holy Spirit. And we're, we're four people not violating, um, the faith that God's given them, the measure of faith that he's given them to do what he's called them to do. So, so that being said, like $500 fines here or there, whatever, right? Like, you know, I can, you know, I know how many you would give $500 to a fine. Okay. I'm putting you on the spot right now. Okay, great. Shannon, Rob, <laughs> <laughs> how many hands did you raise Derek? Was that two? Do you have two of them? It was good. Um, you know, like going, like the police coming in here, taking, taking Bob or I away, to getting a misdemeanor. I think it would be kind of street cred, you know. <laughs> you know, I could catch up to Brooke. And <laughs> I could call Brooke and be like, how does this work, Brooke? What, what do I do? Jeremy, how do I do this? <laughs> no, good. Oh, I love my brothers. I just put them on blast this morning. Um, I love you, okay. um, but I, what I've always I've, I've had i've had a sense, and I think it's biblical. The sense, and Jenny, would you would you send me that um, scripture that you just showed me? Um, I've had the sense, and if you've been around, you you, you know you you've heard this before, but but again. Urgent, urgent in my spirit, urgent in my spirit. It was that it's not external pressures that, were, that will take down what God's, because listen, since the beginning of time, the devil has been trying to snuff the church out. All the, all the two and under children that were killed, what Pharaoh did in, like all, throughout history, the, the enemy has tried to snuff the church out and it hasn't worked, and we're marching forward, and we're moving forward more powerful than ever in Jesus' name. People are being saved, healed, delivered. Like, we're not, that's not what I'm concerned about. Mandates, governor says, hey, churches can't meet anymore. Bless you. But we're going to continue to meet. Um, it's, it's internal. It's, it's the words... Um, it's partnering, it's using our voice to partner with fear, doubt, unbelief, gossip. Can I can I just read something to you really quick? It says this in uh, Proverbs 6, 16 through 19. It says, there are six things the Lord hates, seven that are detestable to him. Haughty eyes, a lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that devises wicked schemes, Feet that are quick, quick to rush into evil. A false witness who pours out lies. And a person who stirs up conflict in the community. That's, that's up there with lying tongue. Haughty eyes. And that's not like, hey hottie. That's, that's different. Uh, <laughs> I'm funny today, I'm I'm (laughs) cracking myself up. Hands that shed innocent blood, but a person who stirs up conflict in the community. And unknowingly, unknowingly with our words, we have to be very, very, very careful with the things that we say, because the Bible says that life and death lie in the power of our tongue. and It it essentially says that we're gonna eat the fruit out from which we speak, from which we speak. And so I wanna read a scripture out of 2 Samuel chapter six. 2 Samuel 6. Verse, start for, for verse 12. This is a monu- so what's happening here is a monumental event in history, in the history of Israel. The Ark of the Covenant had been stolen. The Ark of the Covenant represented the very presence of God. This is, this is Old Covenant. So in the New Covenant, we now have the Holy Spirit. We have the presence of God living and dwelling on the inside of us. Jesus said, "It is finished to tell us die," and 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 then the um, the curtain was torn in the temple, top to bottom, and it was signified, which is where the which was where the Ark of the Covenant sat, and it signified. It was, it was the very representation of the presence of God. Only the, the high priest could go in once a year to make sacrifices on behalf of the people. He actually had to wear pomegranates um, uh, on, on the, the bottom of his, of his robe, and there would be a rope tied around his ankle because if he broke protocol, you would just hear a thud, We pull him out, and next man up, right? Next high priest up. <laughs> should be pretty intimidating, right? And, and so, so this, this was, this was a big deal that the presence of God was stolen by the enemy from Israel. And so do you remember what the enemy did? They, they took it to the, the temple of Dagon. Remember this? They put it in the temple and they came the next morning what had happened? The idol had, had fallen down and its hands and its feet had, had, had fallen off. And, and then they start, they all started getting boils. Remember that? Wherever wherever they took it, they're like, "Hey, you take it," and they all got boils. And then you remember in Indiana Jones when they opened it. <laughs> yep, yep, you remember. It's all in the Bible. <laughs> it's all there. So this, th- so I want to paint the picture that this is the homecoming, and then they they prematurely went to to get it, the ark, and they put it they put it on a cart. And, and the Lord didn't... God's instructions were not to put it on a cart. It was to put, to put it on man's shoulders because as a representation that we're to carry the presence of God. We carry the presence. And so the first attempt to come back, um, it was going over the threshing floor and Uzzah, Uzzah put his hand out to steady it. And his, when his hand touched the cart, Uzzah fell dead. So they were like, okay, pause. They took... The ark and they put it into Obed Edom's house. And it remained in Obed Edom's house for a season. So now the Ark is coming home. Right? And it's what's amazing about this is this is like a national holiday. This is like a national celebration. Like the this is there has been bloodshed, there has been uh, fear, intimidation, there has been all, all these things wrapped around the ark leaving. So it's it's coming back into Jerusalem. And um, to its rightful place. And, you know, the the nation is gathered to see this. It says, verse 12, Then King David was told, The Lord has blessed Obed-Edom's household and everything he has because of the ark of God. So David went there and brought the ark of God home from the house of Obed-Edom to the city of David with a great celebration. After the men who were carrying the ark of the Lord had gone six steps. Okay, that's like from here to back to the keyboard over there. It's about six paces, about six steps. So from there to about here, every six steps, here's what they did. David sacrificed a bull and a fattened calf. And when David danced before the Lord with all his might, he danced before the Lord with all his might, wearing a priestly garment or a linen ephod. I've heard some people say that he danced naked. I, don't, I, I think he was just wearing his his, his, under, his undergarments. That's, that, that, that's, that's my conjecture on that. Um, so David and all the people of Israel brought up the ark of the Lord with shouts of joy and the blowing of ram's horns. Verse 16, but as the ark of the Lord entered the city of David, Michael, the daughter of Saul, not the wife of David, Michael, the daughter of Saul, looked down from her window. Now, it's, it, this is the, the window of observation. She was not part of the celebration. She was not part of the party. She was not on the field, so to speak. And, and I think this is so significant that we're told this in Scripture, that, day, that, that Michael was, you guys, she was royalty. She should have been part of the celebration. Do you remember in David's life when when it said, um, in the springtime when kings go out to war, David stayed home. He was in a place where he should not have been. He went out to the rooftop. He saw Bathsheba. We know what happened there. I believe that Michael should have been on the field. She should have been part of the celebration as the the daughter of, of the former king and as the wife of the current king. She would have been she would have been um, absolutely 100% involved in this celebration, but she chose, she stayed in, in the palace and she was up watching from a window, looking down a sense of like a, a sense of judgment, a sense of, um, well, it says here, we don't even have to, we don't even have to guess when she saw David, King David leaping and dancing before the Lord. She was filled with contempt for him. They brought the ark of the Lord and set it in its, in its place inside the special tent David had prepared for it. And David sacrificed burnt offerings and peace offerings to the Lord. When he had finished his sacrifices, David blessed the people in the name of the Lord of heaven's armies. Then he gave to every Israelite man and woman in the crowd a loaf of bread, a cake of dates, and a cake of raisins. Then all the people returned to their homes." When David returned home to bless his own family, Michael, the daughter of Saul, came out to meet him. She said in disgust how distinguished the king of Israel looked today, shamelessly exposing himself to the girls like any vulgar person might do. I want you to notice here um, that she takes this conversation and she tries to make it about somebody else. This This is number one. She tries to take this conversation and make it about somebody else. Well, I'm just concerned because I don't want them to be or I'm just concerned because I don't want other people to be and I'm just concerned and we just start to sow these words out into the atmosphere and what happens is they start to demonically get aligned with what the enemy is trying to do and we end up sliming other people who didn't even have an opinion about it to begin with in the first place. And all of a sudden now they're like, Oh yeah, I hadn't thought of that. Well, you hadn't thought about that because it came from a demonic source of somebody under the guise. Listen, listen. Here's conversations under the guise of concern, and I believe at the collective church we have got to we all of these kind of conversations have to cease. They have to come to an end. We are like Brant said. Brant's been preaching family. We're a family. Listen, this is not how family, healthy family, you're like, you're like, well, my family, we just went up and punched her, someone we didn't agree with. Well, that's not, it's context of family. That's your context of family. I'm talking about healthy family who doesn't keep secrets, who doesn't have lumpy rug syndrome because so much stuff gets swept under it, you know, and we can't even walk on the rug because it's so lumpy. <laughs> Like, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about family that's healthy where we look at br- our brothers and sisters in Christ and we think the best and we believe the best about them. And and if there is, like the Bible says in Matthew 18, ought, an old King James word, if there's ought in our heart, then we, what do we do? We go to the person and we say, we say this. We say, help me understand why I felt that. We don't accuse. Help me understand Why? Why I felt this? Help me understand. And you know what? When we do that, I would say, nine times out of ten, it's a misunderstanding. It's something that can easily, easily, easily be resolved, with because there's humility. Because there's really, there's really a humility. We're putting ourselves in a a vulnerable state of faith when we're saying, I'm going to come to this person and I'm going to say, Hey, I. I have a concern about this, or that's super, super healthy. What's not healthy is to have conversations under the guise of I'm concerned about the collective. I'm concerned about XYZ. I'm concerned about. And guess what happens? We tell people that have zero power to do anything about it. Hey, I'm concerned about this issue. So I'm gonna go talk to some people who have zero power to change it, but I'm just gonna slime them. And I kind of feel a little bit better I got that off my chest. I am not saying, listen, I am preaching this to all of us, me included. There have been times when I have not gone to the person and I have talked about the situation. There have been times I've slimed my wife Because I've, because out of my own frustration and I've said things and then I'm like, and then I allow the Holy Spirit to do some stuff in me and I'm like, I actually feel better because actually, they're actually for me. They said something, it just rubbed me the wrong way, but I think we're all good. And my wife is still like, man, I I don't know. I don't want to let that person close to my husband. Uh, She starts feeling really protective. I'm like, no, they're fine, babe. They're totally good. And she's like, wait, what? wait, wait, whoa, you just like, so we can fall into this trap, right? And, and the reality is, is this, it's this window of observation where, where we're observing something and w- then we get a strong opinion about it and then we feel the need that we have to tell others. I just believe that this right here could be the thing that the enemy would want to use to take out, not, not just the collective family, but your own family your own house church, like your own community. These are the kind of things that split people apart. These are the, because when we sow uh, disunity and discord, this kind of stuff gets in there and it festers and it festers over a long period of time until all of a sudden there's like, there's distrust and there's all, and I'm like, we could have dealt with this years ago if you would have just come and talked to me, gone and talked to your house church leader, gone and talked to Brant, gone and talked to Pastor Jenny or Pastor Bob, and just said, hey, help me understand. The enemy is trying to—listen, and we have got to understand that when we have negative thoughts about brothers and sisters in Christ, understand where that's coming from. That isn't the Spirit of God saying, hey, Ben, um, I just— well, you know, Ben, I just want you to think negatively about John Harvey today. You know, I just really feel like that would be good for your spirit. Like, <laughs> like identify where that's coming from. That was just an example, by the way. I, okay. We'll talk afterwards. I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, I love John Harvey. Love all y'all. I just don't want to see people. I've, I've seen people get caught up in this mess and these little misery clusters start. And it's always because it's, it's, and it's, it's, it's guised and masked under this concern. We're just concerned. We're concerned. Well, if you're so concerned, if it's so concerning to you, you need to come directly to the source and find out. all right, let's read on. <laughs> You're like, Ben, what did somebody say? Just felt like it was a warning. But it's also, this is, this is not new. Nothing's new under the sun. Nothing is, and sometimes we're shocked and we're like, <gasps> what is, and no, no, because the, the enemy has been studying humanity since Adam. And when we allow our spirit, our, our spirit man to take a backseat to our flesh, these are the kind of natural things. It feels good to talk about people. Let me just put it out there. It satiates a desire. It scratches an itch. But here's what the Bible says. The Bible says that the way that we can do that is if I'm, if I'm over here and I'm talking with Josh, I'm going to say John Harvey's name comes up. Guess what I'm going to say? Isn't John? Isn't John amazing? Wasn't Man Camp awesome? Is it? That's how because I believe we were actually made to talk about people. That's why it satiates us. But it was to bless and to love and to encourage. And then I can get on the phone and say, John, I appreciate you. I appreciate what you're doing. I appreciate your heart for men. And I can like, and I I, I really mean these things, by the way. And then. And then we can have these conversations that actually energize us. Some of us have, have, have grown up in a system where we're energized about talking about people. Nice. Where it's on the way home from church. Can you believe this person? Can you believe that person? You know, what, what were they wearing? What are they thinking? What are they, and it's judge, judge. and It's all window of observation. Window of observation. Observe, observe, observe. Uh, and, and, and placing, placing. I'm okay with, I'm okay with um, skeptical. Skeptical is great. Skeptical is just I, don't ha- I have unanswered questions, right? And then you go to the source and you find out. Now some things, l- let me just temper this too. There's some things that we don't even need to know. Well, I need to know everything. I need to know Bob and Jenny's income from Tetelestai. I need that in writing by next week. Can I just go here for a second? Let's just go here. I need to know how, I need to know how, it, you know what it comes from? I, I'm, again, I'm okay. I'm okay with skeptical. I'm okay with unanswered questions. Coming to the source, talking, that's fantastic. What's demonic is cynicism. Cynical says, not only do I have unanswered questions, but I'm assigning you ungodly motives for everything that you do. I'm skeptical because I believe that you're you're taking advantage of me and you're taking advantage of people. I don't actually believe that your intentions are good. And when, listen, when we operate out of that mode, I'm just telling you, you don't want to eat the fruit. Pray a crop failure over those words. I'm praying crop failure over words that I've spoken, Lord, let this crop fail <laughs> in Jesus name. because I do not want to eat the fruit of this. Let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be pleasing and acceptable to you, o God. Let my words be to encourage and to build up and to lift up. I was like, I I just, I had the sense in the first service that if, like, if someone was to come up to you and just start talking about somebody's sex, like, sex life, like, just like, like, it was a normal conversation. Hey, by the way, did you know that so-and-so, and and just started going into graphic detail? You'd be like, that is inappropriate. Like, what are you doing? Stop. Stop. I, I actually feel like in the same way, if somebody comes up and starts to, to do that, we need to almost feel the same amount of like, like hey, you know what, you need to go talk to that person. You know, hey, sorry that you feel like that, that way, but I am not the person to talk about. I'm not the t- person to talk to, actually. Actually, because I'm, th- that's actually the person. You will find no healing here you'll actually, if, 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 it, if the bus stops at me, if the buck stops at me, you'll actually just go on and you'll just keep perpetuating this thing. There could actually be no healing. All, the only healing can come from it, from the person in which the offense happened. Preaching better than you're amening, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, we're all feeling a little slapped around right now. So, woo! <laughs> They brought the ark of the Lord and set it in its place. Um, When he'd finished his sacrifices, David blessed the people in the name of the Lord of heaven's armies. Then he gave to every Israelite man and woman. I already read that. Give him a fruitcake. It was Christmas. Um, Has anyone ever finished an entire fruitcake? Who likes fruitcake? Raise your hand. Okay, nobody raised their hand high. Everyone went like this. Everyone went like this. <laughs> Me. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Raise your hand high, Kristen Roach. Own it. Own it. That's really funny. Oh, man. <laughs> so they ate <hit> the fruitcake. cake. <laughs> When David returned home to bless his family, Michael, the daughter of Saul, came out to meet him. How distinguished the king of Israel looked today, shamelessly exposing himself to the servant girls like any vulgar person. So she put it off on somebody else when it was really her own issue. Right. It was her own issue. It was the own issue. Whatever was going on in the home, it was her own thing that she projected onto the girls. David retorted to Michael. And by the way, this, this false protection thing has got to stop in the body of Christ. Well, I'm saying this to protect somebody. You're not. You're not. You're not. It's exposing. It's exposing. You're not trying to protect. And by the way, no one asked you to protect. Actually, Jesus is my protector. The Lord of heaven's army is actually my defender and fights for me. David retorted to Michael, I was dancing before the Lord who chose me above your father and all his family. I'm not sure he needed to say that. That was a little... (laughs) Zing! (laughs) You know, he's still growing too. His his emotional... his, His emotional intelligence was still growing. He appointed me as the leader of Israel, the people of the Lord so... I celebrate before the Lord. Yes, I am willing to look even more foolish than this, even to be humiliated in my own eyes. Come on, somebody. But those servant girls you mentioned will indeed think I am distinguished. So Michael, the daughter of Saul. So here's, here's, here's the bottom line, verse 23. So Michael, the daughter of Saul, remained childless throughout her entire life. The window of observation and judgment brings fruitlessness in our life. It brings fruitlessness in our life. We're, God, God has called us to be on the field. He has called us to be involved. He has called us to be um, active. In fact, I think the opposite, here, here's, here's what I think the remedy is. In, in Hebrews chapter 10, it says this in verse 26, uh, excuse me, verse 23. Hebrews 10, 23 says, let us hold tightly Without wavering to the hope we affirm. For God can be trusted to keep his promise. Verse 24, let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. Come on, somebody, that's creativity. Let us, it is not creative to point out, like, it, it's so interesting. I remember my dad had this rule, and I don't know if we ever followed it, but it was like, it was like, if you bring me an issue, Bring me, like, five to ten ways of, like, how you think we can solve this bad boy. It does, it does not take a rocket scientist to point out what the issues are. We, we, in fact, in our lives, we have a keen awareness of what those things are. Keen awareness of what those things are. So So it's like... I'm glad Hebrews doesn't say, hey, go around pointing out to everybody. Think of ways to point out to people the ways that they should do better and the ways that they aren't doing things well enough. Which is literally what a lot of people in the church do. Now, that was a really big, broad statement. It's been done before. How many of that's been done to you before? Somebody has come up and said something that was not to motivate you to love and good works, but was just to point something out. And it almost gave them like moral superiority over it. It happened between service to me. I got done preaching this message and someone came up to me and gave me like a backhanded, weird, wanted to slime me between services. So you're like, well, Pastor Ben, this doesn't happen. Well, it just did. Right after I preached on the spirit. (laughs) Listen, Michael went for the jugular. Because, because that was David's assignment, so he went at what really mattered, and and David is dancing, and there's freedom, and he's welcoming the presence of God just with reckless abandon, and she hate, for whatever reason she hated that, so she, she went right after the jug, she went right for that thing, right for that thing, and she was she was fruitless. So Hebrew says, think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works and let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do but encourage one another especially now that the day of his return is drawing near so it's like don't go back don't go backwards don't 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 pull out of community don't get sideways but actually all the more as you see the day approaching, all the more in in house church, having coffees with people, all the different things, even things that we have coming up that we haven't even announced yet, of of more open doors, of more ways to be together, to interact as family. The, the, The writer of Hebrews says, no, 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 actually, no, no, more. Be together more. Encourage one another more. Actually motivate one another more to love and to good works. And then Matthew 18, we know, says that we're to go to the person. Help me understand why I'm feeling this way. Believe that people have good intentions. Eric Van Allstein has a wonderful teaching on, on assuming um, one of the, the key, what does he call it? Yes, Shauna, what's it called? A word. yes, yes, that people it's like ninety nine point nine percent of people actually are intending good even even things that we see right now from our worldview and, and things that we believe from a biblical worldview that we're like that's crazy that's that 's whack that's that's nuts that's it's actually people not I, I, I believe not actually intending evil or intending harm but it's actually what they believe is best and they're doing what they believe is best. he believes that only a very very small fraction of the population is actually intending evil like evil evil So how much more in the body of Christ is, is believe that people have good intentions I was <laughs> I was at the gym. Working him out with the trainer, obviously, and duh. Um, and uh, and uh, he was he was talking about he's like, man, it's just yeah, my, my family is so broken, and I just it's, he didn't say he didn't use the words broken. He was just talking about his family. I I have this way, by the way. I don't know what it is, but when I interact with people, people just like first meeting, they're like. And my family's struggling and my daughters, and, and I'll literally have people come to me and say, "I have no clue why I just told you all that. I have no clue why I just told you all that. So sh- so so he's so we're working out and he's he's just like, he's just opening up. He's just telling me his life. And he's like telling me like, you know these people in my life, these family members. And I said, well, bud it's because they're they grew up broken. So they're just operating out of brokenness. They're just operating out of what they know, and he was like, oh, "I just got goosebumps all over. <laughs> I just got goosebumps all over. Like I didn't even think about that." So we, as we as believers, have this—we have this perspective of intending good. But sometimes, if we're not when when we're not healed up, we all we all have room to grow. We, we all have areas that we're growing in. But when we're not healed up, sometimes we operate out of Woundedness and out of brokenness and so it's because of that that we're, we're having this talk and we're saying church the godly thing to do in these situations and these circumstances is go to the person and it's not to sit at the window of observation and say I don't like that I wouldn't do it that way I don't like how he's doing that from, from not even being in it. So that's why, so I believe God's called us to be a part of the community, to be connected. And I'm gonna stop now. Do you receive that church? Do you re- receive that? We don't, we don't, listen, we don't wanna partner with the demonic realm. don't want to do that. Amen. We, We don't want to, we don't want to partner with that. We want to, we want to partner with what God's doing. We want to partner with what God's saying about people. First service, I was just reminded of some conversations where, where I've gone to people before and I've said, Jenny, can you believe that person? And I'm just like, I'm just going to vent. Cause that's so godly, right? I'm just to vent. I'm just going to vent. I'm just going to spray. It's like a can of spray paint. And I'm like, Shh. I'm Like, oh, I feel better. She's like, okay, what am I going to do now? Um, and I've said, and I've said stuff and she's like, yeah, aren't they awesome? And they're, you know, knowing their past and what God's doing in them. And it's just like, I think we all do that for each other at times. And, um, you know, someone was saying something the other day and it's like yeah isn't it cool that they're still here isn't it cool that god's still working in them isn't it so cool so cool like where they came from like the odds are completely stacked against them and they're still part of the family isn't that awesome it's just like oh yeah perspective perspective kingdom perspective lord give us kingdom perspective lord help us to see our brothers and sisters this morning Brooke, would you come up here, buddy? Brooke's got a scripture he wants to share.
2: Ben's got his book. Yeah. Ben's got his Bible open, but... Well, I just wanted to read this. Like, what he's saying, Ben is so spot on, but I-, I wanted to say this because God is speaking this to me in the first service, and, you know, we all know that your tongue is like a rudder that can steer a ship, right? And Psalm 39.1 one. David wrote this, um, but it says, I said, I I will watch my ways and keep my tongue from sin. I will put a muzzle on my mouth while in the presence of the wicked. So if you take what Ben's saying and you think, well, in the presence of what wicked, if there's a demonically charged conversation that you're around or in, think about it that way. Think about muzzling your own mouth in the presence of wicked in that context. And then to take it a step further, it's like, well, If i speak words into the atmosphere what kind of weight and what kind of impact does it really carry well the word of god says that words don't return the word of god says that it does not return void it goes out to accomplish what he set it out to do so if you look at numbers chapter um 14 verse verse 26 it says the lord said to moses and aaron how long will this wicked, wicked community grumble against me? I have heard the complaints of these grumbling Israelites. So tell them as surely as I live, declares the Lord, I will do to you the very thing that I heard you say. Now, I wanted to say that because if there's anybody that is learning more and more all the time about grace, it's me. If there's anybody that doesn't deserve to be standing here today, it's me. And I'll say that anywhere, anytime to anybody, but the bottom line is this, is that where sin abounds, grace abounds more and more. So when you make a mistake, recognize it, go to the person directly, like Pastor Ben is talking about, handle it. That's part of being a disciple of Jesus Christ, but also maturing in the faith. God calls us to do that. So you have to take responsibility for the words that come out of your mouth, right? It's a big part of not only church life, but life in general, family, business, everything else we're doing. So keep that perspective as we move forward. So I thought this was a very timely, very good message from Pastor Ben. Thank you, Brooke. Yeah. Good word, let's stand.
1: Thank you, Jesus. He's good. He's good, he's good, he's good, amen. Are you happy this morning? Y'all look good this morning. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, we love you so much. Lord, we love you so much. God, I ask, just, I ask that you forgive me for any idle words that have been spoken. Y'all, you can just, right where you're at, we can just pray. Father, I thank you that you forgive, forgive us this morning for for things that we've, for doubt, maybe doubt, we've put into the atmosphere, things that we've, we've partnered with. Lord, I just pray crop failure in Jesus' name and some of the words that we've said. Father, I pray that you'd put a, a guard on our mouth. Father, in Jesus' name, I pray that the words of our mouth and the meditations of our heart would be pleasing and acceptable to you, O oh God. The Bible says that pleasant words are as a honeycomb, sweet to the soul, and health to the bones. Blessed is a man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. He will be like a tree planted by the rivers of living water that brings forth fruit in season, whose leaf does not wither, and whatsoever he does prospers in Jesus' name. God, we don't want to sit in the seat of the scornful. We don't want to look through the window of observation. We don't want to take the gavel out of your hand, O oh God, and and judge and assign motives. And so, Father, I pray that you would deal with any area in our life that's that's cynical, any area of our life where there's... Um, where we've let our own opinions creep in that are, that, are just, that are just ungodly. Father, I thank you for our brothers and sisters. I thank you for our house churches. I thank you for our, our families. I thank you for this church. Father, I thank you for, God, every marriage that's represented, every family that's represented, every single person that's represented right now. Father God, I thank you for the relationships. I pray for health and wholeness in relationships right now. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, Father I pray father that that you would replace I have a sense that 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 for for some people and I and I and I know this cuz I've been around this before where it's it's almost like this is just what we do. We sit around and we talk about people in a negative light. It's almost just it's just reflexive and there's just a brain trail there. And we have to hold an opinion on everybody. And so, Father God, I just pray that you would break that brain trail in Jesus' name. That it's almost like it's so for some of us, it's almost like a generational curse, of, and it's of thinking really, really small, and just talking about people instead of talking about future and ideas and faith, and and about what we love about people. And as we're as we're parenting, let's 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 watch for that. Be very, very careful and watch for that in our kids, and turn the conversation and say, man, what do you love about that person? What, what, what's, what, what is the Holy Spirit showing you about that person? What, what's, what's the Jesus that you see in that person? And so, Father, I thank you that we would call people up to higher levels. Higher levels. Father, I just thank you right now. Would you pray with me? Let's just agree together. We pray right now for your protection over every single person that's part of the collective church. Right now in Jesus' name. Come on, pray with me. We pray for protection right now in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, protection, Father. Protection from where the the enemy would want to pick people off that are on the fringes, Father. We pray protection right now in the mighty name of Jesus. In the mighty name of Jesus. In the mighty name of Jesus. Lord, I thank you. I thank you that there would be the fruit of the spirit all over this place. All over the that people that come in contact with our life, Father, would be eating of the fruit of the Spirit from our life. Father, in Jesus' name. Fruit of the Spirit, fruitful, Father God, in Jesus' name. Jenny, you've got you've got something, you have something in close in closing prayer. I could tell. You have to come up here, though.
0: Okay. Um, Is this on? Is this on?
1: Come on, Carmen, San Diego. Let's go. (laughs) It's
0: on. I'm just thinking about the scripture. It was just running through my spirit. Um, Proverbs 4.23. And that is, above all else. Now think about that. Above all else. Guard your heart. Why? Because out of it, your entire life will flow. Today's message was about taking care of your heart, your filter, because you don't want that crop coming out of that filter of having opinions about people. Opinions are witchcraft. They're very, very, very dangerous. So we speak love, we think love, we speak encouragement, we think encouragement, And it's not just amazing that other people get that from us, but it guards our heart so that all the issues of life will flow through a heart of love. In Jesus' name. Father, I thank you for today. I thank you for Pastor Ben's message. I thank you, Father, that you are discipling us, that you're showing us the way, God, that you are paving a way of truth. And Father, for anybody here that has just been kind of sucker punched by the cycle, the family cycles of negative thinking, I'm asking you right now supernaturally, supernaturally for that cycle to be unplugged the cycle of meditating on the bad, the cycle of meditating on hurt, the cycle of meditating on offense, the cycle of meditating on we don't like how other people are living their life. That cycle right now, we sever it, we break it. Let's just agree on that right now supernaturally by the blood of Jesus Christ. Only by His blood can that be broken. So we appropriate the blood of Jesus Christ on that cycle And we now receive the cycle of grace upon grace, mercy upon grace upon mercy upon grace, where we can say things, think things, believe things about ourselves and other people that are sweet and lovely and encouraging and full of faith in Jesus name. Thanks for listening to the Collective Church podcast. To find out more, visit thecollectivechurch.com.